Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I am so excited for the episode today. It is the one and only Rebecca Minkoff. She is so awesome. She just released a book called Fearless and you'll be able to tell in this episode how fearless she is. She shares so much wisdom with us. Before we get into Rebecca, oh, also not to mention she's literally in her car when, as we recorded this episode, waiting for her son to be done with his soccer practice. So like talk about multitasking. I love that. And women are superheroes. I'm just going to answer some of your questions from the solo and then we'll get right into it. So the first question was, can therapy make you overthink slash feel insecure about things that didn't bother you before? That's a really interesting question. I actually find sometimes that when I go into therapy, not having like an agenda or not having anything, I will overthink and I'll come up with problems just to have something to talk about, which is so dumb. And like, you know, I'm sure other people have done this before and it's like, Maybe it's just me as like a people pleaser, but that's why I find that it's so important and necessary for you to make a list of the things that you want to talk about as they come up in your life. Like even if you and your partner, let's say, had a fight and then by the time you get to therapy, the fight's over or you and your mom had a fight or sister or whatever um, and like things have been resolved it's so important to like write down how you felt in that moment and maybe like what you did to cope and what you wish you could have done and what you could do better. And so then you could talk through that with your therapist. Like you're not always going to have like the worst day ever right before a therapy session. That's not how it works. So you just have to prepare for it in the interim. Can it make you feel insecure about things that didn't bother you before? Maybe, but I think that's a good thing. To me, that uncomfortability is you becoming more self-aware and growing. And I, I don't know if it should make you insecure as much as it should make you aware And if you do feel insecure about things that you didn't think about before, work through that. Like, why do you have those feelings? You know, how can you overcome it? And if it's the therapist, then get a new therapist because you don't want anyone making you feel bad in therapy. How should I get into porn and masturbation if I've never tried it or I've been adverse to it? Great question. First of all, I'm not just saying this because they sponsor the podcast, but Dipsy is an amazing way to get into it because instead of like looking at porn, it's audio and you're just listening to like a sexy story. So I highly recommend that our code is dipsystories.com slash Acme, I believe, or just Acme. Um, You'll get 30 days free. Definitely try with the audio porn or like odd sexy stories. And then if that doesn't work for you, I would, you know, just start off with like 
pornhub.com or one of the websites and sift through and like just you know, check everything out until you find like the category that interests you the most. Maybe think about like something you fantasize about and look for that and then figure out your way to like masturbate. Like for for guys, it's pretty straightforward. But for women, you could do it in so many different ways. Like you could hump things, you can finger yourself, you can use a vibrator. It doesn't have to be one way. Um, It's just what feels good to you. Uh, So definitely explore. And I would say don't be adverse to it until you try it. Can you improve your mental health while in a relationship? Or do you have to be single to do that? I think that you could totally improve yourself while you're in a relationship. I don't love the whole... like To me, it's such a bullshit excuse when someone's like, I'm breaking up with you to work on myself. Like, no. like You can work on yourself and have a partner there, especially when you have independence in a relationship. Like There's so much time to work on yourself and so much freedom to work on yourself. And I feel like I work on myself all the time in my relationship and my mental health might struggle here and there, but I make a point to focus on that and, you know, work on it. And I think that if the relationship is causing more problems with your mental health, that that is something to pay attention to. But if you have a stable, steady relationship, but you just are dealing with mental health issues, then go for it. You know, you don't have to be single to improve your mental health. That's not a fair assessment. Which merch item am I most excited about? Ooh, I love the bucket hat. I'm like obsessed. I can't take it off. I'm wearing it right now. Like I wear it every day. It's just the best I love bucket hats in general. I feel like they look good on everyone, like men, women, babies. And I really, really love it. So definitely stay tuned. It's coming out in two days. On the 13th will be the release of our merch. And it would mean the world to me to see you guys wearing it. I think you're all going to look amazing in whatever you decide to get. How to keep your sex life hot when living together. Hmm, this is tough because I feel like it's so easy to get into a routine of when you have sex with your partner. Like we recently have been doing like the before bed because, you know, he'll be at the office and that's like really the only time. But in an ideal situation, we're doing it like right before dinner gets there or something. I think it's fun to like surprise them. I like to, you know, throw something on that I wouldn't normally wear every now and then. Sometimes just like watching a show where they're having a lot of sex, like Sex Life um, on Netflix is a really good one or Sex in the City or anything that just like gets you going is also a really good way. And then like you'll end up making out while watching it and just like getting really into it. But I think the worst thing that you can do is like make the other person go through the motions of having sex with you when they're not in the mood and you can tell. Like, you know what I mean? Not like in like a dangerous way, but like, you know. Or just like having it too scheduled out. Like I used to schedule sex in one of my last relationships and it was a sign that it was a very miserable relationship that I was in. Sibling relationships. Is there any hope for repair after a dysfunctional childhood? Definitely. Not to like always be talking about therapy, but therapy really does help with this. One of the reasons that I went into therapy was some issues I had communicating with my sister and that was one of my goals when I went in and we couldn't be better because of the work that I've done 
because the only person you can control is yourself. If you want to have a better relationship with your sibling, work on yourself and hope that they work on themselves. But it starts with you just like everything else. How did you spend the 4th of July? Great question. I was out in the Hamptons, which was really nice. I got to hang with my family, which was really a gift because I love to be with them, um, especially my sister's babies, my niece and nephew, who are the most adorable humans in the world. My niece is the cutest baby girl. Like I love my nephew to death, but like to have a little tiny girl in your family is like the cutest thing ever. It just makes me realize that women are so special and like so perfect. And I love women. And it was really nice. My We had like a little scare. My grandpa actually went to the hospital, um, but he's totally fine. But it was like another thing that, you know, brought us together, which was really nice. And then I went to a party actually with my boyfriend and a few of his friends who were visiting him because it was his birthday on the 5th. And we went to this party and I'm not even kidding you. We were the oldest people at the party by 10 years. Like, I guess, so the person throwing the party has younger siblings. So it was like a sibling party. Like everyone invited, all the siblings invited their friends. And so I guess most of the people who came were the youngest siblings' friends. And I was running into like my cousin who's in college's friends. I mean, everyone was like in college at this party, but it was really fun. I actually ran into Tinks and it was so nice to see her and some select others that are that were my age, which was really nice. But wow, I couldn't I could not have felt older if I tried. It was fun, but like, you know, it's hard to go to a party where it's just centered around drinking and you don't drink. And like towards the end I was dancing and having fun. Um, but it's hard. Like if you are someone that is newly sober or trying it out, like if you're at a party and there's nothing to do because you're not drinking and whatever, like just leave. Um, but I was really lucky because I had some great people at this party. The host is a wonderful person. And I went to a party like, woohoo. I feel like I haven't done that in forever. Last one, how to go from three to five dates into a relationship, questions to ask, etc. I think that you should not be afraid to ask any kind of question. That's how I got close to a relationship with my partner. I was just asking everything. Like I was like, so like, what's your childhood trauma? Like what's, you know, like what's something that like, which parent are you most like? Is there any, like, was anything weird, bad growing up? Like I always go for like the darkness because I feel like that's how you get like the most juice, but then also just like a genuine interest in their life. Like, you know, are you close with your sibling? Um, what was it like growing up in Nashville, whatever, wherever they're from, just like really don't be afraid to ask these questions. Why did your last relationship end? What's your like relationship flaw that you do that you try to work on? What's your thoughts on therapy? Like don't be afraid to go deep because going deep is the only way to actually get closer and for them to feel closer to you. And Rebecca Minkoff has some great advice too. So I'm going to turn it over. It is 93 degrees right now when I'm recording this in New York City. And it is just like, I can't cook. I cannot cook in this weather. I do not want to be sweaty in my kitchen over a flaming hot stove. Like that's just not cute to me. I need something refreshing. 
And so I just reordered my daily harvest smoothies because they're all built on organic fruits and vegetables. They come right to your door. They take minutes to prep and they're delicious and good for me. Like what could be better? I'm telling you, like, I love the mango and papaya. Like papaya is such an underrated fruit. It's just like so good, especially when you drink it in a smoothie. They also have chocolate and blueberry, acai and cherry. And the smoothies are so versatile. Like they could be a meal or a dessert or just like an on the go, whatever you're in the mood for. Don't cook. It's like not worth it in the summer when you're sweating your brains out. It's just like, it's not fun. Make sure you have something around that you can just pop in and, you know, blend up or whatever it is and enjoy. I personally love Daily Harvest and I want you guys to try it too. Go to dailyharvest.com and you can enter code ACME to get $25 off your first box. That's code ACME for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com. Dailyharvest.com. Get a smoothie. Stop cooking. It's just not the move right now. I'm so excited, guys. I finally found a company that is amazing and perfect for me to partner with because you know that I love working out. You know that I just love workout clothes in general for my TikToks and all my videos. And all I want to do is wear comfortable bras and shorts and tank tops. And I'm so excited that I found Girlfriend Collective. I'm sure you've heard of it before, but Girlfriend Collective is sustainable, ethically made activewear for everyone. If you go to their website, you'll see people of all different shapes and sizes who look amazing in this active wear. It's so comfortable. It's so soft. Whether you're working out or just running errands or doing nothing at all or making a TikTok that says four ways, Girlfriend Collective has functional fabrics, colors, and styles for any activity. They have leggings that are like their best-selling ones and they're squat-proof. So, you know, during your workouts. They also come with pockets everybody needs pockets. Like I can't buy anything that doesn't have pockets anymore. And they use recycled material to make their clothing. So you don't have to feel bad about it. You are supporting the environment. They also have a garment take back program called Re-Girlfriend. So if you're done loving your pieces, you can actually send them back to be upcycled into new girlfriend pieces. Like how good does that make you feel? For listeners of the show, Girlfriend Collective is offering first time customers $25 off purchases of $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash Acme. That's $25 off your $100 purchase or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash Acme girlfriend.com slash Acme and tag me in what you buy. Hi, I'm Gabby Bernstein. Over the past 15 years, it's been my mission to help people crack open to a spiritual connection of their own understanding. On my podcast, Dear Gabby, I offer up real-time coaching, straight talk, and guidance on stress, burnout, loss, relationships, spirituality, and everything in between. There's no small talk here. There's only big talk. Dear Gabby isn't just a podcast. It's a movement. People need to feel loved. They need clear guidance. And most of all, they need to know they're not alone. I've got your back, my friend. Join me every Monday for a new episode of Dear Gabby. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with fashion designer and now author, Rebecca Minkoff. Hey. Hi, thanks for having me. 
Thanks for coming on. I have been a fan for such a long time and I'm so glad that you were able to make the time. Apparently Rebecca's sitting in her car um, as her son is going to soccer practice. So thank you. Oh my gosh. Yes. An unexpected carpool fell through. So here I am. I love it. I love it. Um, So Rebecca, I have to ask just because we ask everyone, even though you truly look like you're 20, how old are you and where are you from? I am 40 years old and I cringe every time I say that. And I'm from (laughs) San Diego, California, specifically Mission Hills. I love it. And what is your current relationship status? I am definitely married and I'm spending uh, our 12 year anniversaries on Friday. That's amazing. Congratulations. How did you and your partner meet? It's kind of a long story. So did you want the condensed version or the or the semi-condensed version? Definitely semi-condensed. Give us as much okay. as you can. Okay. Every year on New Year's Eve, my ex-boyfriend would call me. He broke my heart. I was like 22. Um, he would call me on New Year's Eve and be like, I just want to let you know I love you. And he lived in LA. And on the eve of 2005, he was like, I love you. I love you so much. And I was like, you do this every year. Like, let's just get back together already. What's wrong with you? I'm coming out to LA. And he didn't say no. And I basically got there and I was going to go from the airport straight to his house. And he's like, you can't come over. I got a girl over. I was like, cool. I'll reroute. I'll go to my parents' house and sulk because this man is just a hot mess. And a friend of mine to cheer me up was like, let's go hang out at this house party. So again, 24 years old, just to put it in perspective that you'd still go to a house party, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I had sort of written down while I was at my parents' house, everything I wanted in a person because this boy that I kept chasing was definitely not that. And I was like, let me just get clarity on what I want. And we went to the party and she introduced me to all these guys. And I was like, no, 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 this is what I want. And I went outside and I read her this list, which was really long. It was physical, mental characteristics, And I walked back inside and I saw my now husband and I was like, oh. And then um, I suddenly got shy, which I hadn't been all night. And she pushed me into him at an opportune moment. And we started talking and under the guise of needing his band to perform at one of my charity events I was organizing, we exchanged information. And then I forced him to have coffee with me when he told me he was seeing someone. And I just, I was smoking at the time and I took a long drag of a cigarette and I was like, let me know what happens with that but I already knew like I'd already saved his number, which is a little cuckoo. And then he called me about 10 days later and was like, that thing's no longer a thing. And we just started talking and I flew back out to LA and we've been together ever since. That's so cute. I love that. And also (laughs) that's like serious manifestation. Like serious manifestation. You wrote exactly, and we've actually talked about this kind of exercise before because my therapist told me to do it a while ago, like the list of like, you know, what you're putting out there and hoping to receive back. And like you actually then walked into that party and found that, which is wild. It's wild. And and when I got home after he told me he was seeing someone, I went back to the list and I wrote single, underlined it <laughs> twice. <laughs> so then when he broke up with her... Two weeks later, I, I, I'm going to attribute it to write, you know, making sure to add that to the list that the person you're going after uh-huh. is unattached. That's amazing. And uh, so we're into astrology on the podcast. So I have to ask, when is your birthday? December 11th. I'm a Sag. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I looked that up. So I knew. Um, <laughs> when is your partner's birthday? July 17th. 
He's a cancer. Yeah. I love that. I'm dating a cancer as well. So I'm a big fan. That's great. And technically you guys are not like the on paper compatible signs, but I really don't believe in the compatibility. I think that like you can always make it work, um, which is really just evidenced by your relationship. So I love that. And you guys have been together for a long time now. You said 12 years. What's like the secret sauce that you feel like helps make it last? And because all relationships are work. First of all, I want to underline work. I think people expect that it's going to be easy and then they just give up way too soon. Mm -hmm. I think early on, we went through the laundry list of what we each need and want from each other, like very like specifics. Because I think people make assumptions. They just assume people are going to be a certain way. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, I hate it when you leave the suitcase in the middle of the room or the lights are always half dim. Like, whatever Mm -hmm. it is that can drive people crazy. I think you can't over-communicate enough with your partner. And then I made sure that if I have beef with him, I don't go to anybody else. I feel like so many girls I hear are like gossiping about their partner. And if that's your partner who you're like going to raise children with, Keep that sanctity of if you got an issue, you talk to them directly. I think people can add their opinions and it just can muddy the waters and act almost like a, you know, someone trying to put themselves between you, even if that's not their intention. And then I think as your relationship evolves, you know, we're in an interesting time right now, which will probably like make a lot of people not excited about marriage, but we're sleeping in separate beds right now due to the kids and how they crawl into our beds at night. Like date nights are few and far between, but I think the more you can make sure that that happens, again, we're bad about it right now, but I think it's it's important to make that time for the couple if you have a family. So much to unpack there. I want to talk about what you just said about not talking to your friends about like any of like the negatives or like anything that goes on. That's a really interesting thing because to me, I feel like, and again, I'm like 30 and not married yet, but I've been in a relationship for like a year and a half and we live together. And I just feel like when I like I'm talking to friends and they're like, oh yeah, everything's great. Like, you know, no problems. It's harder for me to connect with that person if that makes any sense, like as opposed to if someone's just like, yeah, no, it's great. It's just like annoying when like he does his one thing. And I'm like, yes, yes. Like I totally get that. And you know, it's like, how do you still connect with friends when talking about your relationship if you don't share any of the bad? I guess I just feel like there's so much else in the world that I can connect with them on. Like it doesn't need to be the shitty things in my relationship and I don't sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. But I but I also feel like does me complaining about my husband and them agreeing and or sharing their disgruntlement, does that solve anything? It doesn't certainly help my relationship. Like that's <laughs> the person you need to be the tightest with. So for me, like I have so many things I can talk about, <laughs> work, kids, business, whatever, that it doesn't even cross my mind anymore to be like, that's the thing I need to bond about. That's a really good point, actually, because now that I think about it, like when someone does share something that I wouldn't necessarily accept in my relationship, like I'm not going to lie, like there is some judgment, you know, and then I'm like, wow. And then I think in the back of my head, like, I can't believe this person's putting up with that, which is definitely not good. So yeah, that's a really good point that I never thought about. So thank you for that. And then also you mentioned that you guys are sleeping in separate beds because of the kids. 
What do you mean by that? Like, is it just like that the kids want to go into your bed? So one of you chooses to like get more sleep that night type of thing? It started during the pandemic. I was still breastfeeding and that was how I put one of my children to bed. And then inevitably, I think the kids were just on edge. Like they would just make their way into our room because they were scared. Mm -hmm. And three children in a king bed is not a way to go. And so we just were like, well, one of us will sleep upstairs and I'll take the other two. So it it was really just about getting enough sleep. And then when we um, temporarily moved into my mom's house, I was like, I'm not sleeping in that bed. I hate that fucking bed and it's really uncomfortable. And the kids are still going to crawl into this bed. So I, we were just like, great. I'll sleep in the bunk with my daughter and my husband will take the king with the boys. And so it's more about us just optimizing sleep. And like, we find lots of ways to connect in other rooms. Mm-hmm. Got it. I catch your drift. I want to talk a little bit about like, what you wrote about in your book and your career, like how did you get started? There's so many people out there who want to be designers and they just like, you know, it's such a saturated market right now, but you made a huge name for yourself. And like, what was your motivation behind that? How did you get off the ground? So I really got my start unexpectedly with this I Love New York shirt that was just part of my collection. That was when DIY was still a thing that people wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, And an actress wore it on Jay Leno. She said my name on national TV. Again, pre-social media that had the power, massive power to propel a person or a product. So that's all I did for nine months. And I hustled for about four years with my clothing line. It really wasn't successful. By, by any metric, I couldn't pay my bills and mm-hmm. I didn't see a future that I could live off of. And then I launched a bag when she came back to me and said, do you design bags? And I lied to her and I said, yes. And the morning after bag was born, it was written about in a then very unique, very special once a day email called Daily Candy that again, had the power to explode companies. And so when that article hit, it was called The Catwalk of Shame in 2005 it just unleashed this momentum that women had to have this bag. And so I took a long look at my, my clothing and I said, let me close that down for now, focus on the bag, go with the momentum. And that was 15 years, 16 years ago. And I think, you know, cutting through now, like there's more opportunity to have your own company now, but there's also more noise. Mm -hmm. And so back then, you know, there was less opportunity to launch for designers but also it was a little easier to cut through the noise because you only needed a couple things. You needed a celebrity, you needed, you know, a great product and that could sometimes be enough. And today I feel like it's just a much more complicated landscape. Not that it can't be done. I just read about a designer who went from 4 million to 30 million in a year, you know, just apparently using Instagram. So it's definitely possible. It just has to be done differently today. Yeah. Well, I was just going to ask like, what are your thoughts on the whole influencer Instagram culture? Like, do you think it's great that like, for example, let's say like if Hailey Bieber wears something that like everyone will buy it or do you wish that like it was not really like about how many followers that you had, you know? I think it's been that way since the queen wore something. You know, if you go back in Mm -hmm. history, there are people of influence that shape culture and shape design. And so it just takes different forms. Today it's it's Hailey Bieber or the latest TikTok star, but back then it was whatever royal woman was in power. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you just have to go with it, I guess. 
What would you say to like young women who are, you know, feeling kind of like helpless when it comes to dating? I mean, you found your husband at 24, but like, I'm sure you have friends that did not get so lucky or maybe found someone later in life. Do you have any advice about that? I only have advice that I can look back on and it's easier to say, but I sometimes go, it took me being married to overcome the desperation that I feel like can be smelled Mm -hmm. um, and sensed. And I'll never forget this. I went to a friend's bachelorette when I was engaged and go with me here. We played this game and there was two dice. One was a body part and sorry, one, both the dice had different body parts on it. And you, we would roll the dice in the bar and then you had to go up to a man and touch him on both body parts. So if you got ear elbow, one hand grabbed the elbow and the other was the ear, like, oh, you have something on your ear. And I swear to God that night, the amount of men we could have taken home with us because we were doing this <laughs> dumb game. Hey, we didn't care. We were having fun. And something about that intimacy of like, gently touching a man on their shoulder. It was nothing, it was nothing like crazy. The body parts were all PG 13, but I was like, damn, why didn't I have this when I was dating? And why didn't I have that effervescent, I could give a fuck, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of mentality because it worked so well. So I think if you can somehow achieve that, if it takes playing a dumb game with friends, you know, to sort of get out of your skin. But I also think, where are you looking? Are you going to places where the type of people are going to be? you know, or those people there just to, you know, have sex with you. So I think like, where are you going? You know, to me, I've always, I've always taken recommendation, friends of friends or introductions. I can't speak for the online dating situation. You know, all all I know is that my friend was really scared. And so I was pretending to be her and talking to a guy for her one night. And I was like, this is hard. You know, like you're trying to strike a connection with a complete stranger and you're texting them. Hmm. I think that's a really good point. Just like not caring is when the connections really happen because people can sense when you're like really wanting a boyfriend or, you know, really trying to make something into something as opposed to just like having fun with your friends. And that energy like is so much more powerful. And I feel the same way. Like, you know, it's always when like we have a boyfriend or a girlfriend that we get more attention and it's because we don't care as much, which is something that's really interesting when it comes to dating. Going back to the therapy conversation, I just want you to know that it means so much to me when you guys reach out to me and you say that you found a therapist, you know, maybe through my website or that you started using Talkspace and you're loving it. If you haven't heard of Talkspace, it's such an easy way to start seeing a therapist. Like if you are therapy curious, which I feel like you have to be if you listen to this podcast at this point, because I talk about how much it saved my life every day, but thousands of licensed therapists are available for you to match with on Talkspace. You just go to the website or download the app and Talkspace therapists, there's tons of experts in so many different specialties. Like maybe you're going for depression. Maybe you want to improve your work life, your family relationships, your own relationship, couples relationship, you know, whatever it is. Um, Talkspace offers individual and couples therapy in addition to medication prescription services. So if you need to be prescribed something, maybe you want to go on anti-anxieties. You can do all of this on Talkspace. You need to start feeling better and it 
starts with therapy. Like do the work on yourself and everything else will follow. I guarantee. You can match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code ACME. That's $100 off your first month with code ACME at Talkspace.com. I used to be this weirdo who was terribly afraid of washing my face at night. I can't explain why. I would just use like a makeup wipe and that was it. I was just so scared of breakouts. Like my skin is so sensitive. And I was just like, I'm not, I can't do this. I'm just too scared. Like less is more. And then I found Osea. If you haven't heard of Osea, it's clean, safe skincare products that have been around since 1996. They're vegan and cruelty-free and they're made by the sea, like in Malibu in this gorgeous place where they know skin. It's good for the planet. It's female founded and family operated by a mother and daughter team. This mother and daughter, like mothers and daughters don't lead you astray when it comes to your skincare. They always know best. I'm telling you. Everything feels amazing after I wash my face with Osea. They have algae body oil that instantly moisturizes and replenishes your dry skin, leaving it silky smooth. They've got this like amazing oil that I put on before I put on my lotion in the morning. They've got the cleanser at night. Like I could literally, I can't tell you, there's not one product that they make that I don't recommend. You can try Osea risk-free for 30 days and get free shipping on orders that are over $50. They even send you free samples with every order, which is going to get you for sure hooked on all their other products because I'm telling you, they're all amazing. Get 10% off your first order with my promo code ACME at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-M-A-L-I-B-U.com. 10% off with the code ACME at oseamalibu.com. Another thing that a lot of women deal with, and I'm sure men deal with too, but you know, you having your own company and you're like building this empire, how do you deal with, if this is something that you go through, imposter syndrome? Because that's something that, you know, I feel like women deal with all the time. I think that sometimes these terms enter the zeitgeist and all they do are these made up labels that didn't exist in some people's worlds before they were told, oh, you know, this is a thing, right? Mm. Same with burnout. When I was starting out, there was no term called burnout and I was working enough hours to be considered like, oh, you should be burnout. But that wasn't a term. If you love what you do so much, that that's your passion and that fuels you. I didn't experience burnout. And I think the same thing comes from imposter syndrome. It wasn't a term. You know, I think now people are like, oh, I must feel like a fake. I think it's the same with imposter syndrome. Let's just say the word was made up a couple of years ago and now everyone's like, oh, I shouldn't be here. But like, we all have those feelings. It's all natural. It's all normal to like have doubts or feel like maybe you shouldn't be invited to the party. And now I sort of, if I do experience that doubt, I'm like, hold on, let me remind myself what I did to get here. Okay, Mm -hmm. good. Now that I've just reminded myself about all the hard work and all the whatever I put into this, yeah, fuck right, I get to be here. And I think we have to change that giving into that voice and giving into those terms because all it does is it sets you up to be a victim. That's so true. What would you say to someone who says like, what is the perfect first date outfit? So I wouldn't say that I'm as extreme as the man repeller in the 
oddity of the outfit Mm -hmm. and lack of sexuality. But I definitely think you should leave some things to the imagination. My pet peeve is when a woman wears heels that by the first quarter or first half of the night, she has to lean on someone to walk. Like that's just a no-no. Like wear some shoes that are comfortable. Yeah. What's your best asset? And show it off a little bit, but you don't need to see the whole boob or all the legs in your shortest skirt. And wear something that makes you feel confident. Wear something that you are like, I I feel really comfortable tonight. And mm-hmm. then I don't know what people do on their first dates these days, but I was always making sure that whatever lingerie I was wearing was tight. Not these days, but back then I was. <laughs> I love it. I, I feel like what you're wearing underneath definitely makes you feel sexier, um, even if you're not showing it, especially if you're not showing it, honestly. Um mm-hmm. How do you feel about like all these designers who copy one another? I mean, it's just like, it's so crazy these days. And there's these big Instagrams that call people out all the time and like cancel culture and all of it. But I feel like designers have been copying each other forever. I guess now it's just more out there. But what do you think? Designers and brands have been copying each other forever. It it would be impossible to say that anyone's innocent there's there's a fine line between being inspired by and then ripping it off. You know, a copy is when it's exact and inspiration is when they've done something to make it their own. It's just the nature of the business. If you look at music, right? People sample each other's tracks all the time or movies. Like it's not just design, it's it's every form of creation. Writers, you know, like it's it's rampant. To me, there's nothing original. You know, if you go back in history, anything has been inspired by something. Mm -hmm. I think the cancel culture part is tough because all of a sudden someone makes a mistake and then that's it. Their, Their entire career and life has been taken from them. Like that to me is completely unfair. People are going to make mistakes. We are all humans. And if we recognize that and own up to it, we should be forgiven or allowed to change depending on what it is you're being canceled for. Obviously, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you're a racist, misogynist, molesting people or, you know what I mean? Like, no, right. you get to get canceled forever. But right. if you made a, a mistake and you came out and owned it, like, should you be canceled? I don't I don't think so. I think it's a disgusting habit and behavior. And I think the Instagram's dedicated to that. I'd like to know what's under their hood, you know, because they're acting like the moral compasses of society. And I doubt they are. Totally. Yeah, that's so true. If you're someone who, you know, struggles financially, but you want to invest in like one thing when it comes to fashion, whether it's like a good bag or nice shoes, like what would your investment idea be for like one thing in fashion? Well, are you going to consider me biased if I say a Rebecca Minkoff bag? (laughs) Not at all. Okay. Well, I think you should definitely invest in a Rebecca Minkoff bag. I think bags are something that not only stand the test of time, but a shoe is wonderful, but it gets a lot more beat up, you know, over and and won't last as long. Same with clothing in terms of trends go in and out and you can have a piece of clothing unless it's classic, like a leather jacket. I would tell anyone to get. Yeah, You're always going to have it. It gets better with age, but there are other silhouettes, dresses, pants, you know, crop tops. Like after a minute, you're like, oh, that's old. Mm-hmm. Um, so a leather jacket or like a great crossbody bag out of leather will stand the test of time. And my, my bags above anyone else's will definitely, will definitely still have a classicness to them several years from now. Mm-hmm. And what about like everyday wear? Would you say bags also, or like, let's say I have a great Rebecca Minkoff bag. Like I don't want to necessarily wear it 
to my workouts because I don't want it to get like, you know, any sort of like too much wear. What's like a good everyday staple? I mean, I'm a big fan of just a simple cotton tote. And I think many brands make them, you know, and when I'm schlepping around in the city, Mm -hmm. um, I definitely have my Rebecca Minkoff bag. And then I have just an easy lightweight tote, depending on if I'm bringing stuff back and forth that I can throw in my bag when I'm done. I know it's like choosing a favorite child, but what's your all-time favorite bag that you've made? Oh my gosh. All time, I would say, you know, the morning after bag. It's currently not in rotation right now, but we're re-releasing it for next year in a modern, fresh way. So she's coming back. I love it. If our listeners could take anything away from reading your book, what would you say is like the most important message that is in there? I think when people see the title, and I called it this for a reason, you know, anyone, you know, I think people strive to achieve absolutes. Like, I'm not going to have fear. Of course, you're going to have fear. Fear is an emotion that's hardwired into us. You know, it's there to make us feel safe Mm -hmm. um, in dangerous situations. But then we let it stop us from pursuing a dream, a path, an opportunity, a person. And then that's not an emotion to listen to. So my goal with the book and really is the idea that you're going to have fear, but you're going to overcome it anyways. And one of the last chapters in the book is, is success is being able to keep going. And what I mean by that is sometimes by you just getting up day after day, putting one foot in front of the other, continuing on your goal, despite all invitations not to, that might determine success. You know, I watched seven other brands around me fold and die on this journey. And we just got up every day, no matter what happened. And believe me, that's a whole other book. No one would believe what's happened to us as a company. Um, And we just kept going. And these other brands either were like, not worth it, can't handle it, don't want to do it anymore. So I think if you can persist through your path, that alone can sometimes determine your success because you'll be the last man standing. Yeah, I love that. How do you handle... This is the last question. Then we're going to do some um, rapid fire questions. How do you handle like balancing your career, your family life, and like still dating your husband? Okay. Well, (laughs) balance is a shitty word that is aimed at women to make us feel like failures. And let's just go back to caveman days and throughout the 10,000 years of male women history, men have never had balance. So for Mm. anyone to think that men or women should have it is a fallacy. Again, a word that is aimed at us to make us feel like failures. In today's day and age, I look to optimize. I look to ensure that over a couple of months, you know, I'm equaling out to some degree. I just came through like six months of some of the hardest work of my life for this book launch. Was I being a present mother at all times? Hell no. I was, but I was making sure that I was taking that time, even though I was stressed out of my mind and thinking about other things to play dinosaurs with my three-year-old. I think that both my husband and I, and this isn't the same for all couples have said, our children while they're young are the priority. And if our relationship takes a little bit of a backseat for that, that's okay with us but I have friends that are totally the opposite. They leave their kid all the time and they're like, our relationship is the priority and she can be with babysitters. And that's what works for them. So I think it's it's very different. You know, like we go on dates, like let's just say we're going out of town for our anniversary. I was like, man, we haven't done this since my birthday in December. This is nuts. But we're also 
saying, okay, well, these little guys need us. We want to be there. So mm-hmm. it, it really is different for all couples. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't date my husband that much, but we, we do these like, I, I'll see you. I love you, man. I love you too. Like from across the room. And that's enough to know that we both know that we're good. Yeah. I once heard somebody say like, um, between your kids and your partner and your job, like only one can win that day necessarily. So it's like, okay, like my job won today, but like maybe tomorrow my kids will win or something because like, I agree with you. Balance is, it, it is supposed to make us feel bad. And I don't like that. Okay. We do these really fun poll questions on our Instagram and they're like, these rapid fire, like mostly yes or no questions. So I'm going to ask you a few of these. In a relationship with a man and woman, have you ever had the guy be the one who asks to take it slow or is it always the girl? I've never had a guy ask to take it slow. And I don't know. And the only time I ever asked to take it slow with someone was when I really didn't like them, but Mm -hmm. I was so desperate to... I was like, I've just dated a string of crazy guys. Let me date this good guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't really like him, but maybe this is what love should be, question mark. And so I wanted to take it slow because I was like, oof, I don't know if I even like this guy. Yeah. I feel like a guy asking to take it slow is a huge red flag. <laughs> oh, this is a perfect one for you. Can you wear a very floral dress with a white base? to a wedding? Yes, of course. I feel like that's like the question of time. Like this comes up so like nobody knows. Nobody knows. I've done it. And then I felt guilty after. I was like, did I just wear a white dress? Oh, I mean, it depends how much white it is. But if it's literally you see sprinklings of white amidst some flowers, I say go for it. If you're really in doubt, send a picture to the bride and be like, are you cool with this? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you still dream about your exes in a happy, normal relationship? Uh, I, this is what I think about. And I was talking about this with my husband. I don't know if it's age or stress or kids, but I'm like, do you remember how strong emotions were when we were younger? Like when you felt that love, you felt it in your soul. And when you Mm. had that heartbreak, it was like, oh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And now it's like the highs and lows emotionally are just way less. You don't get those high highs in terms of relationship. Like all of us, you know, I'm 12 years in. Am I going to be like, oh my God, I'm in lust with my husband? No, I love him. And Mm -hmm. he's the perfect partner for me. But I'm not also having those lows. And I was like, you think that's our age? Is it maturity? And he's like, oh, youth is wasted on the young. So I'd be lying to you if I said, I never think about my exes. I do think about them, but my ex, the same one that would call me every New Year's, I was literally getting home from the hospital with my second kid and he texted me a bunch of pictures of us as a couple. And I was like, just popped out my second baby. Man, thank God I dodged you as a bullet. And we both started Uh laughing because he would have been a horrific horrific father. He would have been, he was already a terrible partner. And so, yeah, I can pine for that love we had, but like when I analytically look at it, like I would have been a fucking mess if I had ended up with him. Yeah, totally. I think we all have an ex like that. (laughs) You write your partner's parents a thank you text for taking you out to dinner and they don't reply. Is that a bad sign? 
No, what if they have a Bumble phone that's like they can't even text on? Yeah, like they're old. Leave them alone. (laughs) Your significant other takes you on the same overnight trip place that they took their ex one year ago. Do you say something or no? No. He probably didn't even know where else to go. Let's be right, honest. Right, right, right. Exactly. Like it's not <laughs> that complicated. No, he's not like, oh, this will bring memories back. Boys aren't that deep sometimes. It's so true. Um, what time do you eat lunch? 12 to 1 or one thirty to 2.30? Lately, um, later than that, like 2.30 to 3.30 because yeah. I've been fasting till noon. And then I just fucking, I don't know. I forget. And then... I'm like, oh, I'm shaking. My blood sugar has plummeted. Let me eat. Mm-hmm. I love that. And then last question, would you rather cheat or be cheated on? Well, I always told Gavin, if he ever cheated on me, I would just cheat back. That's what. I, that's how I'd like to even the scorecard because <laughs> I wouldn't want to, because our kids are too important to us to divorce. So I was like, you ever cheat on me? I'm going to cheat on a woman. I'm going to cheat with a woman. And he was like, can I, can I watch? And I was like, fuck. So That's amazing. Uh, I guess be cheated on because then I can go have free reign to live out whatever fantasy I haven't had yet. <laughs> I love it. Rebecca, do you have a quote or piece of advice that you could leave our listeners with that has helped you through the years? Maybe it's in Fearless. Yeah, there's a really great quote at the end that I'm like, I like that quote. Be grateful for what you have and be fearless for what you want. I love that. Where can everybody find you, follow you, buy Rebecca Minkoff and buy Fearless? You can go to RebeccaMinkoff.com to buy Rebecca Minkoff. You can follow me at Rebecca Minkoff, DM me. I reply to all. And um, you can buy the book wherever books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, independent bookstores via Books A Million. And please leave me a review on Amazon. It really helps with the algorithm. Yes. Go leave the review right now. Um, Thank you so much, Rebecca. This was awesome. And I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. 